electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. Mr. Madoff, what do you have to say for yourself? It's one of the greatest lies ever sold. For the past decade, Bernie Madoff has been the personification of greed, locked away from the world as he serves a 150-year prison sentence. But that's not the end of the story. I'm CNBC special correspondent Scott Cohen. And I'm Chuck Schaefer, executive producer of the CNBC original series, American Greed. For 10 years, we've been investigating the Madoff scandal, piecing together the puzzle, speaking with the key players, including Madoff himself. In this special podcast series, we're going behind bars to uncover Madoff today. From the lawyers, he realized it was all over, to the investigators. He's a pathological liar. To the victims. What he did is despicable. There's no other word for it. The financial ripple effect of his con. In this episode, hunting Bernie's billions, with his victims' lives shattered, coping with financial loss, trauma, and tragedy, the 10-year effort to make them whole. This is American Greed, made off 10 years later. Welcome to our American Greed podcast special series, Made Off 10 Years Later. I'm Chuck Schaefer, executive producer of American Greed. And I'm Scott Cohn, CNBC special correspondent. It's been a decade since Bernie Madoff's scandal blew up and shocked the world. And there's a story to tell about the victims. We're looking in this episode at hunting Bernie's billions. So, Scott, this is where Bernie Madoff finds himself in the fall of 2008. He's in the hot seat to the tune of $7 billion following the September crash. Right. I mean, this is uh, this is where everything kind of comes home to roost. The the financial markets are in crisis. Uh, we know about the fall of Lehman Brothers in September of that year. The U.S. economy is, and, and really the global economy is, is coming to a halt. And people want their money. They need to cover other other losses and whatever. And the one place where they've made money, or so they thought, was in Bernie Madoff's fund. And so they want their money back. And he's hit in a very short period of time with $7 billion in redemptions. In other words, people are, it's a run on the bank, essentially. But Bernie doesn't have that money. That money doesn't exist. And in terms of the victims, we're talking about, there's some bold-faced names. Yeah. Um, there were there were charities involved. There right. were people, obviously individuals involved. How did that play itself out? Well, so the, the victims start to learn about this. The victims want to know what's happened to their money. And, and as you said, yeah, there are bold, bold-faced names. Ellie Wiesel, the Wilpons, owners of the New York Mets. Uh, Kevin Bacon and his and Kira Sedgwick, I believe, mm -hmm. were, were were victimized by this. Uh, so boldface names for sure. Steven Spielberg. Steven Foundation. Spielberg's foundation. Um, uh, Hadassah. I mean, oh. there were a lot of people that were that invested with this guy. who was an established investment advisor and supposedly kind of a blue chip guy. Mm -hmm. So so these people want to know what's going on, and so do other investors that you and I have never heard of. Um, you know, they had everything with this guy, or there were generations of families that had invested with Bernie Madoff, uh, and now they've heard that he's been arrested and that his fund, where their money is, is a Ponzi scheme. Hmm. And since we are the media, 
uh, that's where we come in. Right, right. We started chasing leads and finding out people, hearing their stories. Um, you know, we did a story in Florida about a woman who she thought she had it made, but now she's back to making um, jewelry, handmade jewelry and things like that, and hopes to sell that for cash to raise some money to help her keep her home. Mm -hmm. uh, another case was, and we illustrated this in, in one of our specials, a couple, they were packing, they were putting luggage into a car, getting ready to go to the airport. They weren't the travelers. They were doing a new job, shuttling people back and forth to, to the airports to make some extra money. Yeah. You know, they were hurt. Yeah. We did, uh, we went to, to Palm Beach, which was Madoff's other base of operations. Um, you know, a close-knit but obviously very wealthy community. And it, a little down the road in Riviera Beach was a pawn shop. And they were seeing crazy business with people from Palm Beach coming up to, to pawn their goods because this had really just thrown the whole the whole Palm Beach scene into mm -hmm. into disarray. Um, you, you talked to I remember uh, Joyce Greenberg, yeah, uh, who we've we've caught up with again mm -hmm. ten years later. Uh, Joyce Greenberg was living in Houston, Texas. Yes, uh, was again somebody who there was was generations of wealth mm -hmm. who 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 thought that she knew Bernie Madoff. I had met Madoff. My um, late husband, my husband who was alive then, wanted to meet Madoff because Madoff had had been managing my daughter's college funds, Madoff said that he would consider uh, taking, accepting money from my husband to invest, but uh, he didn't commit himself at that time. And the following week, he phoned my Jacob and told him he would accept the money. My daughter um, lost whatever was left in her college fund, and I have been recouping my loss, my verified loss, very slowly. She's a wonderful woman, and she was almost the perfect person to talk to, and I'll tell you why. She kept everything, all her notes, all her records. She knew, and she will tell you this, to the penny, mm -hmm. how much she had invested with him, how much she had gotten back from him. Um, she had family members who had taken money out of the fund. Uh, she herself never took a penny out. Mm -hmm. uh, she had other investments, which is, of course, her first thing she will tell you mm -hmm. after she tells you that Bernie was, you know, involved with NASDAQ. Right. Um, but she she came across as very sincere. Her life her life was not shattered, but I, her trust was shattered. Her trust was shattered, and that's a that's a big part of all of this. Um, and and you know she she was again not a an unsophisticated investor. She was a retired stockbroker. Mm -hmm. Um, but these were the kinds of stories that you start to hear, and these people want to know where their money is. So we and we in the media are are searching for victims, telling their stories, and then there's a formal process that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the again, Madoff was a registered broker dealer with an outfit called SIPIC, the Securities Investor Protection Corporation, mm -hmm. um, and, and and they are brought in at this point to search for the money hopefully make some of these victims whole. Uh, and that brings in a guy named Irving Picard, a uh, securities lawyer, uh, someone who had not was not a high-profile type of guy. But his whole mission in life from here on out to this day mm -hmm. is finding Bernie's billions and distributing them to, to the investors, to the people who lost money. But when it's a Ponzi scheme, 
that is so much more complicated than it seems. Mm -hmm. And it's also very rare. I mean, as we've known in stories you participate in, American Reading, we've been doing it for years, you know, the money's gone. Right. The money has been spent on all sorts of bad things. Uh, good for the perpetrator, but bad for the investors. Right. And in this case, Bernie Madoff didn't, he lived well, but he didn't live super well. He wasn't on page six. He wasn't uh, in the society pages. He gave to charities, but nothing, you know, out of the ordinary that a wealthy person would do. Right. So, so that that was part of it. And you also had, uh, you, you, you had clients that were, were uh, there, there, you had uh, Jeffrey Pickhower, who was one mm -hmm. of his biggest investors, uh, who who died shortly after all of this. Uh, his widow wound up giving back upwards of $7 billion. So mm -hmm. that's a big chunk when you're trying to uh, recover the losses, the, the, the principal losses of $17.5 billion. Now you've got $7 billion back. That's mm -hmm. a big leg up. Um, and you have a, a dogged effort by, uh, by Picard, the trustee, and his, his counsel, David Sheehan, mm -hmm. to try and get this money and to go after people who, who took it, who took what they would call fraudulent transfers, but this is where the the, the this is where the complicated part comes in mm -hmm. in unwinding a Ponzi scheme, because remember, the the money the returns are not real. Mm -hmm. it's, they're, they're, the money is not there. So what Picard set out to do was to, was come up with a formula that he called net equity. So you had net winners who are people that took out more money than they they took in. They're subject to clawbacks. They got to give that money back because it was not theirs to take out to begin with. Right. And you had net losers, and mm -hmm. the net losers were people who people like Joyce Greenberg who yeah. didn't take out their money, uh, and they should be entitled to be made whole. This created a huge controversy and actually a lot of legal precedents along the way, mm. because on the flip side of Joyce Greenberg, you had the Kent family uh, in Georgia, Eileen Kent and her parents. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Collider says BritBox has TV everyone should be watching. Stream acclaimed series with powerful performances from Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, Bella Ramsey, and Matthew McFadden. Discover new BritBox original series you won't find anywhere else. Like Three Little Birds, Agatha Christie's Murder is Easy, and a new chapter of BAFTA-winning drama, Time. Stream what the New York Times calls the best of British telly, only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. My parents were invested with Bernie Madoff, and after he turned himself in, I joined two victims groups, and I became a uh, sort of a spokesperson. I mean, I did a lot of the TV interviews. Um, I versed myself on the law. I just didn't like the fact that so many people 
particularly in my parents' generation. These are, you know, war veterans, people who, who built their lives and their businesses and their, you know, professional practices from nothing. And, um, and you had teachers and uh, construction workers that had their pensions with Madoff. Um, that wake up one morning and it's all gone. And uh, so now, okay, now that we know it's gone, what do we do to try to rectify it? And that came in the form of my group, Network for Investor Action and Protection. They had taken out more than they put in. Mm -hmm. They were so-called net winners and they wanted that money back. They felt that the Securities Investor Protection Corporation, which part of their whole charter is to guarantee securities up to $500,000, they felt that they should get at least that much money back, uh, separate from what they what they, they took out, the so-called net winner mm -hmm. uh, theory that, that Picard was, uh, was pursuing. They felt that they were entitled to that guarantee. That money doesn't come from other customers, the SIPC fund. The money comes from other brokerage firms. SIPC charges fees to Wall Street firms to be a member of, 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 this, mm -hmm. of this organization, uh, and that money is supposed to be there for investors in the case of losses. Well, SIPC argued that we don't guarantee against fraud, uh, we don't guarantee against Ponzi schemes. That's what Picard was arguing, that the only equitable way to do this was his net winner, net loser, so-called so net equity theory. Mm -hmm. And this was tied up in the courts for, for years and years and years. Ultimately, Picard prevailed. Well, with this idea of, and again, let's not blame the victims, but for them to feel that way, wouldn't that mean guaranteed against losses, that you'd buy stock and never lose money? That's, that is the argument against them, is that uh, you're, you're taking risk in the stock market. And they would counter and say that we invested with a member firm of SIPC. It says it on the statements. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be guaranteed to that extent. And the question is what the guarantee covers. And this is what all was, was, uh, was dealt with in court. Okay. So, so you, you, you had this, this situation where, you know, people like the Kents could file a hardship exemption, which they ultimately did, mm -hmm. so that they didn't necessarily uh, become subject to clawbacks, and they were having to give back the money that they took out, which they didn't have anymore. Of course, uh, you know, but 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 they felt that they should have been entitled to the guarantee. Uh, they shouldn't have had to. They shouldn't have had to go through all of the hoops that they went through to mm -hmm. get it, um, uh, to to get that money back, to to claim hardship and all of that. That was the the basic promise, the basic bargain. Uh, but the but the flip side is. Where is this money coming from, and 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 do we do we guarantee against losses in the stock market? And the courts ultimately ruled with Picard that they're not entitled to anything other than their principal investment, and mm -hmm. and that's a precedent now for right. for these schemes going forward. And so, if you ask Eileen Kent, who who wound up basically making this her her job, mm -hmm. dealing with her her parents and the other the other victims, um, she said that guarantees that this will happen again because uh, that there will be these kinds of losses, because now that guarantee that people were counting on, mm -hmm. that bit of assurance and that measure of confidence that you have in the markets, that's gone. Who else can you trust? If you can't trust, you know, nowadays, I guess it's almost kind of laughable, but you got to be able to trust the government. The government said they were insured. So, um, you know, to come in later and say, well, no, you're not, because it was a Ponzi scheme is kind of ludicrous because 
Ponzi schemes were not included as a, an exemption. So Eileen Kent and her family, what's their situation right now? Uh, her, her parents, who were the, the investors, um, they're, they're getting by. They're in assisted living. They're uh, getting up there in, in years, certainly. Um, and, and, and there's so much else that they, they've suffered in terms of the mm -hmm. loss of trust, in terms of the loss of security. Uh, this is where where people are victimized, and you know you contrast that with with Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Remember when we went and visited him in 2013? He said, you know, it's it's not so stressful. It's it's like being in the army, but no one's you're not worried about someone trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. uh, he's reading books. He's uh, he's he's someone who's respected in the prison. He's uh, you know it's a relatively relaxing life for such a criminal. Yeah. I think uh, you get the you run the gamut with the victim saying, "I wanted to live a nice long life behind bars." Yeah, I mean, you know, you 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 talk to the victims, and we've both talked to a number of victims mm -hmm. over time, and um, and you wonder like, how would I react to to somebody like that? Would I just yeah. would I despise him? Would I would I curse him every mm -hmm. every living and breathing moment? Um, I don't get so much of a sense of that. They don't want to hear about him. Mm -hmm. They don't. They they don't have any use for him. And when we look at all of the different Ponzi schemes that you and I have covered sure. over the years, uh, most people they're lucky if they can get pennies on the dollar. And mm -hmm. in the aggregate, victims of the Madoff scandal are pushing now about seventy-five cents on the dollar. When you look at the, at, at Picard, um, again, it, there's so much behind that, and it only begins to tell the story. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, you you talk to Bernie Madoff, and he likes to claim credit for that, which which is, uh, he 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 helped show Picard the way. He claims that he pressured Mrs. Pickhower to give that money back. There is no evidence that any of that ever occurred. You know, they 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 don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. um, they, they put their trust in this guy. They 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 put their family's trust in this guy. They they. Uh, they believed that he was everything that he said he was. And, you know, to the tune of millions and mm -hmm. billions and of dollars. Yeah. And it was all a lie. And they're living, they're living the, the consequences of that. And Bernie Madoff is living a stress-free life in Butner, North Carolina. And we're learning lessons from the victims right. about their, through their lives, through what they're doing now, in terms of their relationship with with this horrible event, right, and and you know that they talk about uh, asking questions uh, that they wish they would have asked. Mm -hmm. They talk about diversifying. That's a common theme that you hear from everybody. Sure. And and look, we talk about it all. We talk about it on CNBC all the time. Uh, any any anybody that gives you any sort of investment advice talks about diversifying. But oftentimes you think about, well, I'm diversifying asset classes, right? But what about where I put my money? Yeah. Uh, if you're not absolutely sure that where you're putting your money is is reliable, is legitimate, is not a Ponzi scheme, correct? Don't put it all in one place. Don't don't rely on the reputation of the the former chairman of the Nasdaq um, or or whoever that whoever that may be. Mm -hmm. Look beyond that and and think about how am I being scammed? Be be on guard. The minute that you look at these victims and you say, oh, these poor things, boy, that would never happen to me, you've set yourself up to be a victim. You sure have.
Yeah, and as far as, as I'm concerned in terms of, of the show, we deal with people all the time. They're just too trusting, and they're just too... They'll do more research buying a used car than they will about the finances for their future. Yeah. And so they really need to, to up their game, and I, I don't want to blame the victims, but I do want to say awareness is a key. And we time and time again, another thing is politeness. It's going to sound completely crazy. Hmm. But a lot of times, a lot of the offers are made over the phone. Somebody gets on a phone, and these people are too polite to hang up. <laughs> do, you, do you think that there's some, you know, there's, there are ways that people watch American Greek. Sure. And there's the whole schadenfreude thing. There's uh, and thinking, well, you know, I, that could never happen to me. Yeah. I'm too smart. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I feel superior to this, these, these, these poor victims. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's one way of watching American Greed. But right. you like to think that people are watching it also to learn lessons, that there yeah. is a, there is a takeaway. Uh, and, you know, that's a that's, a, I think, a good tip for, yeah. for all of the many viewers of American Greed to say, look, you know, don't don't just look down on these people. Think mm -hmm. about am, what am I doing that's similar? I always like to make these people into real people, not just victims, because you want to know that they have lives. They are working people. They have jobs. They have educations. They are not dumb people, but they find themselves trusting the wrong person. Yeah. The other thing is um, we also get a lot of people watch us say, "Man, I can run a Ponzi scam like that." <laughs> so you, there's both. That, that's another way yeah. not, not to watch American Yeah, Creed. exactly. <laughs> there, are, yeah, there's that that element. Yeah, but I'll tell you, Scott. The one thing that I hope people learn in this series is just the idea of protect yourself. Right. Uh, you know, we 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 look at the the Madoff scandal. Uh, kind of, you know, there's movies, there's books, there's all this popular mm -hmm. culture surrounding it. But it really should be more than that. Uh, all of those forces that were at play in the Madoff scandal as it unfolded 10 years ago mm -hmm. and as it was developing before that, they're still there. Uh, the psychology of, of, of trust, of trusting a professional, mm -hmm. of wanting to make a little bit of extra money, of having that edge uh, that blinds you to the questions you should be asking, that's all still there. Mm -hmm. and, and so people do need to be careful about being trusting. They need to be careful about where they put their money or anything else where they're entrusting mm -hmm. a professional. Uh, don't take it at face value because as sure as Madoff happened once, something like it is going to happen again. Well, we thank you for joining us for this American Greed podcast special, Madoff 10 Years Later. I'm CNBC special correspondent Scott Cohn. And I'm Chuck Schaefer, executive producer of the CNBC original series, American Greed. Be sure and catch all of our American Greed podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for listening to the American Greed podcast presented by CNBC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.